Have you heard of the Bellsmith? He's absolutely amazing. They make the most custom and unique bells. They made one for my son on the championship run in Omaha in 2021. They make game day bells, swashbuckler, artillery, junction, pirate, you name it, they can make it. You can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can find them in different places around Starkville like Maroon & Company. So have them make your custom bell today. Just did it again. Come on now, big hit. Matt got one more big hit in him. A bomb. And the emotion, the energy that the fans love from Elijah McNamee all comes out in one memorable swing of the bat, the tip of the cap to the right field fans. Yo, what is up, everybody? We are back, and it is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. Jim, Randy's got the night off, but that's not going to keep us from getting to it. Talking about the fight in the dog, episode 23. We got minor leaguer for the Evansville Otters and former Mississippi State Bulldog Elijah McNamee joining us, man. I don't want to mess around. I want to get right to it because he's got quite the story to share. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interviewing in podcasting this week, our man, minor leaguer from the Evansville Otters and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Elijah McNamee. All right, Elijah, my man. Dude, what is up? How we doing? Yes, sir. Good, good. How are you guys doing? We are blessed as always, man. Um, obviously, back with another baseball episode. That's that's kind of where where we're traveling to these days. We're hitting a lot of baseball. Obviously, you know, football is, is big right now, but we're not letting anybody get past the fact that baseball is is what we're about. So, um, it's. Great to have you on, man. But before we get in, you know, to all things you, I got to talk to you a little bit about bigger than baseball. It's it's something that includes yourself and former in off the bench guests, Cameron James and Tim Elko. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, bigger than baseball, man. Um, Luke Alexander, who was the shortstop at um, Mississippi State with me from 16 to 18, wanted to um, get like an organization going of, you know, baseball oriented, but there's a lot bigger of a picture than just baseball. And so, you know, it's like a Christian group and um, it, it's pretty neat because especially the world today is, is kind of evil. And I feel that things like this kind of bring the goodness out of kids. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that it was awesome to be a part of because all these kids look up to us, but, you know, we were all in their shoes at one point at one time. So um, bigger than baseball, man, it's just we understand that we love and have the passion for the sport, but there's a lot more things bigger than just baseball. Yeah, Jim, I'm assuming you Jim show, shared a, a picture on Instagram with me and it was you circled up by, you know, obviously a, a bunch of kids. And, and to be honest, man, like the guests that we get on here, like stats and championships, all that really means nothing to us. It's about the character. We just happen to to get 
good character guys and good things. You know, I don't know if it's the in off the bench effect or whatever it is. You can call it what you want, but we get good character guys and good things always travel with them. So, you know, a little bit about, you know, you know, you and that, like, man, my hat's off to you. When you guys can get yourselves together and do more than just be an athlete, be be a student athlete, and you can kind of market yourself and be good for, for the community, uh, for the church, you know, you name it, man. Anything that involves being outside of baseball, we, we take our hats off to that, man, and, and we appreciate you uh, doing that, man, because obviously there, there's a lot of chatter out there about, you know, baseball itself, um, you know, and before I'll get your take on this before we dive into your story, man, because I'm, I'm curious, you know, this kind of sparked something in me real quick. You know, they, they say that that baseball, you know, there are some, you know, purists that are that want nothing changed in the game. And, and some say that purity of the game is is going to deter the younger audience from watching or wanting to play. What is your take on that? Yeah, man, I think as a whole, just play the game how it's supposed to be played. Um, keep it simple as it can be, because the sport's already as hard as it can possibly be. So, you know, they're talking about removing the shift and all that next year in the league. And I get it because, you know, people come to watch games that people score runs and hit the ball well. And if you got, you know, all these crazy rules going on, it's just, it's not like the old sport of baseball that we grew up watching or playing. Yeah, absolutely, man. But with that, dude, let's, let's, let's get into you, man. Take me back. Let's go to the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you're from. Um, I was born in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania and actually moved down to Texas with my mom when I was about one. Um, she just wanted a better life down there and it's a lot nicer of an environment where we're at. And so it all started when I was young. Um, she actually just got all of these old tapes cause she used to record me and my sisters when we were younger and got them on a USB. And I'm like two years old, three years old, hitting baseballs, throwing baseballs, football, all of it. And so, pretty neat to go back in time and see those things so you know you mentioned mom you guys move in you know from from pennsylvania um you mentioned sisters but what is the family dynamic like is it is there any brothers is it dad like what is what does the picture look like so in texas i'm with my stepdad and mom and then back up up north um with my biological dad he's in upstate new york binghamton <clears throat> area I, with him and my stepmom, I have five siblings, um, three brothers and two sisters, um, the oldest being 18 and the youngest being 10. Um, I still communicate with all of them. I'm very close with all of them. Um, my parents, just when they had me, they were 21 and young, not married. They're best friends. I'm still great friends to this day. So there's no bad blood there, which I'm thankful for. And, um, you know, that's just where my life started. Yeah, man, it's it's something that that's lost on people but you know when you're a kid yourself and you have a kid that's that's tough man right it no really doubt. is and obviously there's a lot of learning curves and you don't get the opportunity when you are a kid that has a kid to maybe have the grace period of the learning curves that some people have but it's nice to hear you know like you're very close and everyone gets along and, and you know that's the, the betterment of, of everybody in the family um <clears throat> 
at what point though was it pennsylvania obviously you you're plugging in and, and you're looking and you're seeing tapes back on on you being a little guy and, and, and you're throwing a ball you're hitting the ball but at what point did you start playing baseball um i was probably five years old and my mom played in a softball league in the neighborhood and i'd be five six years old out in the outfield when they're hitting softballs like diving and making plays and my best friend actually Cameron Greer um his dad just happened to drive by and he got out and was asking whose son that was and my mom said that's my son and he said I want him to come play for my select team and I was probably six years old we played for the Texas Mustangs and that's how I met Cameron my best friend and then um you know, the rest is history it started right there so let me get this right. You're out, you know, you're, you're shagging balls in the outfield, catching softballs, probably, you know, bigger than the glove that you got on. 100%. And, you know, your, your friend's dad drives by and is like, hey, man, why don't you come play for my select travel team, dude? So, like, that's your intro to baseball is, is right into it. No, no background play, no T-ball, no coach pitch. Hey, man, come on over. That's, uh, that's, that's something. So how was that transition going from, you know, a non, you know, structured team, you know, just hanging out, having a good time to, all right, this is a team. This is how it works. This is what we do. And, and you know, you're developing as well. I guess I I left out like while I was practicing with him, I was playing T-ball in the neighborhood. I did. I completely misinterpreted that one, but. I went from there and it was a year of that. And then, you know, that's when my friend's dad saw me. And I remember showing up to a field at Bear Creek is what it's called, the, the practice fields. And and there's just a bunch of group of little dudes, you know, all nervous to talk and stuff. And coaches are telling us what to do. And it was definitely different, but I, I knew that's what I wanted to do from the get-go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? How even at the youngest of ages, like, you like feel like you're you're completely comfortable what you're doing and you're like i'm i'm built for this right, like, right 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 absolutely like this is what i'm made to do um you know some people find it later in life and it, you know you were you were blessed to find it really early in life um obviously you you end up playing were there any other sports that you played growing up i know you mentioned you know football and stuff but did you actually play on a team or was baseball the only sport yeah, no, I grew up in a couple years, early age, I played basketball, a couple years, early age, I played soccer, and then I played football up to my junior year of high school. Um, I, I love football as much, but I just getting hit too many times. I didn't want to, I knew I loved baseball a lot. I did love football too, but I knew, you know, just hitting people too many times, I was trying not to affect my life down the road, so. Daniel, I feel like growing up in Texas, like you have to play football at least for a year. Like you have to give it a shot. Yeah, no doubt. That, that was that was the the one uh, that was in the documents in order for them to move to Texas. They were like, all right, so once you move here, you got to remember you got to play two years of, of football. So keep that in mind. And, you know, so Elijah's like, all right, I'll just go ahead and I'll knock those out. So. I can, I can only imagine, man. Obviously, you you went to high school in in Texas. Remind us, what high school did you go to? <clears throat> I went to Cypress Ranch High School. Uh, we were six A and right outside of Houston, Texas, called Cypress. Um, it was uh, 
a I mean, pretty big school. You, you like, I don't even know. Maybe it's just me, Jim, but I feel like, you know, we have guys that are from Texas and they talk about it. And obviously movies portray Texas high school athletics to be this big thing. And I'm sure it's a big thing, but like when you say the name Cypress ranch, I have no idea where that's at, but it just seems like it's badass. Yeah. Like it's like a factory of elite athletes. Like, but, but is it through there? But is it Daniel, my favorite are the three guests that we've had from the woodlands. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the V has to be on the front end of it. Oh, yeah, the Woodlands, that's also 10 minutes. I give lessons every Wednesday to kids in the Woodlands. Um, I'm right by there, too. I know Devin Fondo. I know you know him, but I'm, I'm pretty cool with him as well. So he pitched against me in high school, actually. Nice. Yeah. So hold so, on. Did you, go, uh, did you go to school with Kennedy Smith? Yes, I did. Both guests of the show, Devin and Kennedy. There we go. Mm -hmm. Small world. What a small world. I mean crazy you're right though they make sure they you know emphasize the the in the woodlands but now it's nice because what i can say is all those folks that went to the woodlands they were taught by the very best at cypress ranch yes sir <laughs> so um you know tell me a little bit playing you know playing in texas it's, it's obviously magnified as we were talking about something like bigger than texas did you have any players or pro athletes or anybody that kind of inspires you, you know, um, as you were growing up? Are you talking about like a professional athlete? Yeah. Or just a mentor or anybody in general. Like, yeah. Um, man, I, I would love me some Craig Biggio. Just the yeah. way he played the game and watching him. I was just, I was hungry for it all the time because I would just go catch Houston games all the time. So watching like the killer bees and all of them was, was, you know, some really amazing memories that I have. And every time I'd leave that minute made, I would just have that, you know, that hunger to go play. So I just, I looked up to the, all of those guys really, but definitely um, the killer bees. That's that's when they, they were legit. When yeah. Legit. They, they, yeah. yeah. Are they legit now, Daniel? They're only going to the World Series, bro. <laughs> hey, I, I read something crazy. This is like the sixth time in 10 years that these dudes are going to the World Series. And Elijah, man, I don't are you I'm assuming you're still an Astros fan. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big Astros fan. So like we every year we say the same thing. Oh, the Astros will be good, they'll they'll be in the postseason, but nobody ever picks them to make it to the world series or win. And they just continue to just do that. I, yeah. At some re as I don't understand how they can win a hundred games and fly below the radar like they do, but. Um, I really truly believe it's from that 2017 season. People just continue to run back to that. Yeah. I, at some point, I think it's a, uh, you could admit that they're good. So obviously, you know, Astro fan and baseball, we got to talk about football. Who's your pro football team? This is important. Um, I, I love the Eagles, man. <laughs> I had a feeling. You, see, I was going to lead out the gate when you talked about being from <laughs> Pennsylvania. I almost, because I knew that I was going to ask you this question. I was like, you know, man, I, I feel like this could go one way or the other. And it went exactly where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a Cowboys fan, so it's, it's hard, like, I just want you to be a Cowboys fan. I don't want you to be an Eagles fan. I feel that one. I mean, I thought he was going to say Cowboys. He could have obviously said Texans, but I yeah. did not see Philly, even with the Philly connection. 
Yeah, most of my whole family up there are diehard Eagles fans. So I tried to be a Texans fan for a while and I couldn't do it. He's living the good life as a fan. He's got one in the World Series, the other one undefeated. Yeah, about I yeah, mean, about time for the the Eagles. The Astros are, uh, like you said, have been consistent lately. So you know, yeah, obviously going going back to high school, you helped the Mustangs to a Texas five A state championship as a freshman, and then again as a senior. Um, which, you know, obviously, I got to throw the hard questions out there at you, but which one of those two teams was better? Was it the freshman squad or the senior squad? The freshman squad was I, – I actually – I didn't win it with them. Um, they were unbelievable. Uh, two big leaguers on that team. Um, I mean, they had – they were so stacked it wasn't even funny. Pitching, hitting, all of the above. So – the senior team, obviously, you know, they won it as well. You said that they're not – they weren't as – or they were a little bit inferior of a team. Obviously, got the same job done. But um, in regards to the players on that team, were there pro prospects or, you know, Division One athletes? Yeah. So, um, my senior year was the first time we, we became 6A. So we were the first 6A champions, which was awesome. But we were just a bunch of grinders. All of us, like pretty much the whole team was signed to a junior college. Um, we had a few Houston guys, Sam Houston. But other than that, man, we were just such a, a tight group. And we gave it our all and we just molded together. And really, we were just dogs out there. That's that's my kind of team right there. That's my yeah. kind of people. So yeah. obviously, the hard work, you know, paid off. Definitely. I mean, you were. Honorable mention, All-American, and first-team All-Region by Perfect Game. That was your senior season. You're also, your senior season, named first-team All-State and All-District. So, you know, clearly performing at an extremely high level. Um, but how is it that you ultimately ended up at Blinn Junior College? Yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, people ask me that question, and I say, well, one, the JUCO route's not bad, but I had Corbin Martin in center field in the big leagues. He was with the Astros, made his big league debut, then got traded to the Diamondbacks and was a starter for him. Bryce Johnson was also in the outfield, just got called up to the Giants this year. And then we had Dalton Stark, who was in right field, who at the time was going to Texas Tech. And so I would like DH my junior year and stuff. And I was first team all district, like DH, but like I never played or anything. And so like when people ask, I just say, I mean, I had two big leaguers in front of me and then a Texas Tech guy. And I mean, those guys were incredible. Bryce Johnson went to Sam Houston his freshman year, taught himself how to hit lefty and was a switch hitter all of a sudden, first team All-American. Just one of those guys that could do anything. Corbin was in center field running a 6-3, hitting bombs, and now he's on the mound throwing 100. Did you, did you ever, during that whole, like, year or, you know, time that you're spending, did you ever feel like, man, like, I just – this is just bad luck. I'm just, you know, spending a majority of my time swinging the stick. I'm not getting to show people what I can do in the field. Did you feel like that was, you know, bad luck? Was it, was it aggravating? Was it, you know, depressing? Like, what is the emotion like when, you know, because I look at you as like an elite level athlete for you to tell me, well, I'm playing, I'm not playing as much as I, as some of the other guys, like it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, definitely being in high school in that age, course you want to play but my thing is my parents would just always say you know be ready for your turn because you know 
you don't know when that could be a guy gets hurt or I literally simply get put in. And if I'm sitting there pouting and then I go out there and I'm stressing or trying too hard, it's just, you're not enjoying the game as much. And so, you know, I was always, you know, be a good teammate. And when your number's called, be ready. And I just kind of feel like that's been my whole journey of baseball. You know who that reminds me of? There's a, there's a guy by the name of Cooper Rush. You ever heard of him? <laughs> Cooper Rush. He was a backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He went down, you know, obviously he loses to your Eagles, but like he stepped up. Yeah, he definitely did. He, he found a way to still bring up the Cowboys. What are you doing? Because <laughs> I, I'm trying to, to flip it, trying to get him to come over to the, to the America's team. I will say I, I can give a little few percent because of Dak Prescott. I was going to say that's going to be your bidding point right there. Yeah. We, we ain't got there yet. I got to slowly like leave the breadcrumbs and, but obviously, you know, you, you talk about getting an opportunity and taking advantage of it. You you get that opportunity at Blinn. You appeared in 54 games. You reached base for 44 of the 54 games um, during your freshman season. You also had a season-long 17-game hit streak. You posted 21 multi-hit games. So, like, a, a ton of success, you know, at Blinn. What did you learn at Blinn and and when did other schools start reaching out to you? Yeah, just when I got to Blinn, like you said, you like those grinders. I've always thought of me as like a grinder, just like a to go play ball. No, you know, nothing just crazy stand would stand out at the time. And so when I got there, I knew I was surrounded by all guys that were in the same mindset. And if they weren't, they were weeded out real quick. And so you're playing double headers every Thursday and Saturday. I could hear some guys complaining about it. And in my head, I'm like, I want to play as much baseball as I can, especially as a freshman in college. And, um, and I just put my nose down and got to work. And I was in the gym hard, taking it serious, because in my head, I wanted to play with the big dogs and try to get out of JUCO after a year um, and not really be satisfied with where I was at. And so it was like halfway through, towards the end of the season, I started getting a lot. Of, I went into the office and just said, if, teams are calling, please let me know to our head coach. And sure enough, teams started, you know, calling all the time. And I was actually going to go to A&M, Texas A&M. And uh, after I told them I'd go there about a week later, I ended up going on a visit to Mississippi State. And um, took me by right right when I showed up to Mississippi State campus, I kind of had a different feeling. So, you know, then what was it? Obviously, you know, you had schools calling. A&M was, was one of them, you know, and you, you said you were actually going to go there or take a visit there. But either way, that never came into fruition. But you, because you go to Mississippi State and you go, man, like, what was it? Like, what is the one thing? Obviously, we know the lineage in the baseball, but obviously there's got to be more to it than that, right? Yeah, no, it's a, I have a really cool story about this, actually. So, Remember, it's me and my dad. <clears throat> we pull up to the field. I don't even know what Mississippi State was, really. I just know they were ranked number one at the time. Um, we pull up. We park like a mile away from the field, and I can just hear the crowd. And I look at my dad, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is awesome. And we walk up. We go get – find our seats. We, we didn't know if we were going to make the Friday night game, and we did. And this is the weekend that Ar- they needed to beat Arkansas to win the SEC championship, um, conference championship. and. Watched the first game. It was awesome. 
second day is when I got to showing around the campus and the, the ball field and all of the facilities and stuff. And for, they're taking some reps in the Palmero Center, the indoor facility and hitting. And some of the guys are talking to me and Jake Mangum's talking to me you know, talking my ear off like I was a part of the team. And I thought that was pretty cool. And so we go and what also caught my attention was Coach Cohen at the time was the head coach. He had me and my dad sitting us talking to us the whole time, literally until Coach Johnson, the pitching coach, walked in and said, hey, you're meeting the other team and the umpires at the plate right now. In the biggest game of the year, this guy took his literally the time to walk, you know, with us before he had to walk up to the plate with, for the meeting just telling us how it is. And I, you know, I was very blessed to have John Cohen as my coach for the fall um, and recruiting me, but we, you know, me and my dad go watch the game and Jake Mangum has five hits this game. He gets a standing ovation as a freshman. Um, I'm starstruck at what I'm watching. Um, after the game, there's like a, there's thousands of people waiting outside the locker room for signatures. Well, everybody wants the mayor. You know, freshman of the year, Jake Mangum's autograph. And I'm just a recruit at the time. And this guy comes out and he's like looking around and he's telling everybody, hold on one second. And he looks right at my direction and he like comes over and I had no idea if he was walking to me or not. He gives me a hug and says, come be a part of something special. And the second that happened, I was gone. I was a Mississippi State Bulldog from right when that came out of his mouth. And yeah, that was uh, easily one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'll have to look up this Jake Mangum character. He sounds like a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get into Mississippi State, I want to touch on something you said. You know, it's interesting. We interview all these guests, and, and I can't remember if it was Ben Joyce or Brandon Johnson recently who said um, they were talking to us, and they said, we, I didn't go the traditional route probably most of your guests did. I went to junior college, and – Little do they know that nine out of ten guys we have out of here that either are you know playing SEC ball or playing minor league ball, they went through junior college. Like it's and just really speaks to what you say. And and like you said, the grinders. I mean, a lot of, a lot of them got the same story. They had to work extra hard to get to where they are. And then next thing you know, they're in SEC. They're winning national titles. They're getting drafted. So and then you know it wasn't. Hey, we're, me and Daniel are both Cardinals fans, and it wasn't even till. I don't know what, two months ago, Daniel, when they threw the graphic up on TV, I didn't know Albert Pujols played junior college baseball. Blew my mind. I actually did not know that either. Yeah, so, I mean, the 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 JUCO route, there's, man, people who want to knock that, hey, some of the best of the best come from there. But nonetheless, man, you get to Starkville during exciting times. Like you talk about, Mississippi State is a perennial postseason team. Um, you know, had just went to Super Regionals the year before. And uh, also getting a massive renovation to Duty Noble Stadium. So, uh, you know, what was the excitement like now that you're finally a part of that program? Yeah, man, it was awesome because it was cool. My sophomore year, 2017, I played in the old park. And then, you know, I 2018 played in the new park. And, I, you know, being a part of that trans, you know, transition was awesome. Um, but, man, showing up to, and to be a Mississippi State Bulldog in that environment, I mean, as well as you know, that place is – pretty special and so when I got there man I was I was um in love for sure yeah it just it hit different um you know I know me and you haven't just talked all that much and we'll get more into it as, we, as we're going through your seasons and everything but you know 
Um, I watched Cameron James and Cade Smith, their whole high school career was tight with their family. So that's why I started going to Mississippi State games. I had only been to LSU games, um, been to some Ole Miss games. And then once I started going to Mississippi State games, meeting the fans, obviously seeing the dude, man, just the, the passion and then the, you know, how good the teams were, the stadium. I was like, oh, man, how could you not be in love with this? You know, they always talk about how baseball, you know, being romantic, man. Mississippi State's got it going on. But, you know, that season, your first year, we talk about you getting to be in the field. Uh, you know, you appeared in 57 games. You uh, you started 18 at DH, but you got left field 15. You got right field 15. Um, so, obviously, got to, you know, play out in the field a, a good majority of the time. You batted 267 with 22 runs and 22 RBIs. So, personally, that first season, you know, how do you feel like you did? Um, man, that first season, it was a grind because – the guy that the coach had also recruited me my first fall left. And so out of the gates, I felt like I had to impress the next coach again. So I do remember putting a good amount of pressure on myself, but also not playing the first little bit. And so, man, I just sat there, like I said, ready for my moment, for my number. And for a while I was doing well. And then, you know, you're playing the big dogs and it ain't no joke and emotions start coming in and, and nerves and all of that in the big places. So, I, you know, for first year in the SEC, I thought I did well, but I definitely applied a little bit too much pressure with the new coach coming in. Yeah, and I know you got confident and belief in yourself, but we know the names that are on that roster. So coming in, did you expect to get so much playing time out the gate? No, no, I did not at all, actually. And um, like I said, it was the first 30 games or so. I didn't touch the field, and I was just ready. And so I, when I saw those names and – you know, looking at the roster before I even got there and you got preseason All-Americans and all that out there, I just – I knew I was with the big dogs. And at first I wanted to say I didn't really look at myself as one when I got there because, you know, you're used to I watching them on TV and such. And then, you know, after a year or so, I feel like it kind of takes that experience, you know, to get really going. But to me, that's all of a mental process. And – yeah, and I, and I know you did three years there, and then you've had some years since then, so I'm going to take you back to think for a minute. You know, that season, what was your, you know, what was your favorite moment, favorite game, you know, of just that season? It could have been an individual. It could have been team. What, what's the one thing that stands out to you that first season? Um, sophomore year, I will say that there was a pretty funny moment that sticks out to me because I think it's hilarious still, but we're playing Georgia and Cody Brown's on first base and I hit a home run, but the left fielder brings it back in, like climbs the wall at Georgia. It was unbelievable. And I'm just like jogging around first watching it and he catches it, brings it back in and then drops it. And I'm rounding first and I look behind me and Cody Brown's still on first base. And so <laughs> I get a home run robbed, but he drops it. I'm out. And I go like, I go back to the dugout. Hey. You still didn't do as bad. Did you happen to see the Memphis Redbird who uh, who pimped it, flipped oh, the bat, walked it out, and everything? Yeah, that was <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, at least you, at least you didn't do all that for sure. So you know, y'all lose to LSU in the Super Regionals. Obviously, you say I got the LSU hoodie on, but they got the Mississippi hat, uh, Mississippi State hat. So I got the respect. But y'all, you know, y'all lose to my boys. Uh, you know, but. Obviously, like I said, that team has become a perennial postseason team, a team that has the the talent, um, you know, the character to to go to Omaha. So, you know, you come up just short again as they did the previous season without you. 
you know, going into the offseason, just how hungry was this team going into the next season? Yeah, no doubt. Um, we were hungry. And our sophomore year, we had Canizaro as the head coach. So when we came back, we were, you know, thought that's who we were going to have. And then all that ordeal happened and stuff. So when he left, we were kind of, you know, not doing well in 18, the junior, my junior year. Um, we were definitely hungry, though, and we knew we worked hard enough. So when it started out and we were not hot, and two and seven in an SEC play, we knew um, we had to come together as one. And when we came together, then you could tell we were really hungry. I want to say it happened after Luke Alexander walked off Ole Miss, actually. So. Uh, always, always good to throw that shade at Ole yep. Miss. <laughs> well, hungry y'all were, like you said, regardless of the start, um, 2018 um, would be would be the best year, uh, you know, for y'all and for you, you know, punching the ticket to Omaha. But you specifically, you batted 309. Um, 58 hits, 40 runs, 42 RBIs, eight home runs. Um, so let me ask you, the progression at the plate, do you feel like that was just another year under your belt or do you did you make some, uh, you know, changes to your approach and mechanics, you know, or what was that? Yeah, I actually do remember I was I was kind of battling like the, the confidence part sometimes and it was more of like I was trying to be I was trying to be someone I wasn't. And when I, I remember hitting in the Palmero Center by myself one night, and I just thought, like, I'm, I'm trying way too hard. Like, go out there and play the game that I've played. And um, I remember we playing Arkansas on Super Bulldog Weekend, and I got a big hit in, the, like, the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth in the sixth hole. And that's when it sparked, like, uh, you know, like, I can be the person I think I want, like, I can be. And the next day, I just started going crazy. And that was when that whole season turned around for me. And it was more of like believing in myself and not trying to be someone I wasn't. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I didn't play baseball. I'm a diehard baseball fan, but we we interviewed these guys. And, you know, Daniel obviously was a college baseball player, but, you know, he's a pitcher. So from this hitting discussion, it's amazing how often we have guys come on here and talk about they're overthinking it, they're pressing too hard. And sometimes when you just relax and, you know, take a step back, breathe, you know, enjoy the game how much looser you know you end up being and how much more production you end up having because you get so wound up tight you know we talked to to Cameron James um you know he was one of the first guys we ever had on the show and that's a problem that he's always had he'll admit to you sometimes he's just overthinking when he steps to the plate but when you guys just take a step back take a deep breath go in there and just realize hey you know you got this it'll change everything and for you man um you know I want to talk about you know, the eight home runs, right? Because five of them came starting from the uh, final series of the regular season against Florida. And let's be clear on this show, Elijah, we don't have Randy with us. He, we all hate Florida, but he's at the top of the list of, of hating Florida. So to see this run of your start in the, uh, you know, final SEC uh, weekend against Florida was, was the best. But, you know, you started a run of just hitting bombs, you know, like what made uh, that heater begin? Like, I mean, you just, I mean, what were you feeling? Man, I just remember being in BP and like we would play like this like house music, like good vibe music, upbeat and just like dancing all the time. And I can remember looking at Justin Foscue and I'm in the cage hitting and he's in the field shagging and like we're like dancing. And I just thought like baseball's fun. You know? And then all of a sudden, like I just I can feel this overconfidence come in into play when I knew how good we were as a team. And when I also feel like I changed my mindset to help the team instead of individual, that's when it really clicked for me. 
and I would just go up to the plate with all the confidence in the world and aggressive and understanding, telling my brain I'm better than whoever's on the mound. And um, thing just, you know, playing every day at that time also was, was key, but really going up there and trusting the, the work that I've put into the game. And it's all part of a process. And I know like it takes literally one ball, one at bat, one swing to get going. And that was uh, definitely the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you, you said a good word in there and you said perseverance because, um, you know, you guys will start regionals and, and you go to Tallahassee and you give up 20 runs in the first game to Oklahoma. You know, let's call it what it is, man. It was a beat down. So let's talk about that, that message, you know, because obviously we know what's going to take place afterward. But, you know, what's the message uh, from, you know, the guys who are leaders from the coaches, you know, after you come into the first game of regionals like that and you give up a 20 spot? Yeah, so, man, I can remember like the seventh inning or so when Oklahoma really started putting it on us because we were winning for a while. Um, and just looking at Jake and center and I'm in right and we're wearing the pinstripe jerseys. It's 130 degrees, it felt like. I'm on a knee. It's like our fifth pitcher of the inning. And I'm looking at Jake just drenched in sweat, dying, it felt like. And we come together, we start talking, I can remember, and he's just like, we're never out of this. And I said, I know, because we looked good up until like the sixth or seventh inning. And so when we, when we lost that game, um, you know, like you said, the leaders, we all came together as a team and we just said like, you're never out of this. This is how our season's been all year with our back against the wall. And I feel like when our back was against the wall is when we really showed out. And so it was more of a belief and play all nine innings until it's over. And that's when you, you know, good things happen when you know it's not baseball is not all about one inning it's about nine so when we got in that mindset as a team there was no quit no matter the score how how good or bad we were doing it was just level-headed looking forward not backwards yeah no doubt and show out y'all did obviously you would go beat Florida State then you would beat Sanford and then you'd get your redemption man and beat Florida State twice so you know after that first game I mean you know, just how good did it feel? And on top of that, you know, to mention, you were the most outstanding player of the NCAA Tallahassee Regional. So just just talk to me how good that all felt. Yeah, man, that, that honestly was, you know, like that's a dream you have. That is a dream as a kid you have growing up. And so, I mean, you're playing big team names. And, you know, when you go out there and it, it all started with what we were talking about earlier, like I know how hard I worked and our team worked in those moments. And it, they're just, you know, we're Bulldogs for a reason because there's no quit. And so, man, it was – that's a blessing. And I know I was the, the MVP or whatever, but the whole team was an MVP. Um, we were all together, man, and we all played for each other. And I think that's why we all played so well. And, and like you said, most valuable player. But there were so many good things so many guys did that weekend that, um, you know, I can just appreciate that I got that award, man. But it was a team effort for sure. Yeah, and so – and then I noted earlier, you know, you decided to go on this streak, which started with Florida. And, and that would carry on all the way to the Super Regionals. Uh, you know, y'all would head to play Vandy in Nashville. And uh, dropping bombs, man, game one, you decided you were going to go ahead and hit two of them, you know. And obviously, y'all cruised through that game. You know, give me the emotions of going into Super Regionals in somebody else's house, an SEC foe like that, um, you know, who's a, who's a top dog and go in there and, and crank two of them. Yeah, man. So, that you know, early in that year, they came to our place and swept us. So there was some blood in the water there. And, and when we showed up, we were, we were the hottest people, hottest team in the world. It felt like coming out of Florida state regional. And so, and when we showed up to Vandy, we knew there was a, some business to take care of and 
you know, they were probably looking at us as the underdog, obviously. And we know we how hot we were feeling, how good we were. And like I said, if we stuck to us and played our game, it doesn't matter what they're doing over there. And so going in there, um, feeling good in the box, man, there, were, there was a point in time where I didn't care who was on the mound. I was ready to roll. And um, obviously it's Vanderbilt. So, you know, they got the, they got some dudes on the mound and, and there was just no fear from us. So when I walked up to the plate, I was just like, give me your, your best stuff because I'm giving you mine. And it became, a, you know, a boxing match, it felt like. Yeah, and so y'all take care of business, man, and y'all punch your ticket to Omaha. And one of the questions that, you know, Daniel likes to bring up, you know, when teams make it to Omaha is, you know, is there this sense of relief, excitement, because, you know, you strive for – you obviously want to win a national championship, but yeah. Omaha is that first step. It's like there's this sense of relief um, – or is it really just all business because you have not acquired, you know, what you're really after? Yeah, no, 2018 was a relief um, because we knew our year was just a roller coaster. And so when we got there, man, it was, I mean, it, it was all of our first time too. So, you know, going there was like, whoa, look what we just did and look at how our year formed out. And so like at first it kind of felt like we were just happy to be there, but we were still rolling. Um, with that first game against Washington and then North Carolina after that. But um, getting there was more of a relief than our, you know, in 19. 19 was kind of like just a business trip, like we're here for a mission. And so um, I think the sense of relief, though, we also kind of went out there and played free, and that's why we did well. And um, But no, there's definitely more a sense of relief that year, no doubt. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you go in there and you beat Washington and North Carolina, so it's not like you just got there and, hey, that was the end of it. Y'all actually competed. Um, I think the problem is you obviously ran into the juggernaut that is Oregon State um, that would become national champions. And, you know, we've had your teammates from that team. We've had Keegan James. We've had Josh Hatcher. We've had Jacob Billingsley. They've all just spoke to how good that team is. Would you solidify that, that that Oregon State team was just that good? Man, there was those two games. I probably roasted six balls. I'm not kidding. And they made diving plays on all of them. Like, there was just no holes. We'd have our best dudes on the mound, and they're not missing any pitches. You had Rutschman, who literally did not know how to get out. Um, and, man, they were just electric. Um, you could definitely tell there's a lot of big leaguers on that team. Um, but you could tell that they were also on a mission. And I know their previous year, um, they got beat out. So, and when you show up to the ballpark against those guys, it just felt like there wasn't much room um, for us to go out there and, and do well. They were they were really hot defense, offense together, and, man, they were a really tough ball club for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And so you go into 2019, and it's, it's a whole new deal now. Y'all have now gotten over the hump. You know, you've been to Omaha. You've gotten a taste of it. And I feel like at this point the mindset's got to be it's championship or bust because y'all know the players you got coming back, the players you got coming in. Um, you guys play in the best ballpark in, in college baseball. I don't even think it's a debate. You have arguably the best fan base so and a star-studded roster. So um, y'all went a ridiculous 52-15, and 15, man. You yourself batted 281, 61 hits, 51 runs, 52 RBIs with seven home runs. So something, uh, you know, you talked about also, uh, you know, I was reading on your fielding stats. We talk about your hitting stats a lot. Not everybody wants to hear about offense, but, you know, your defense was definitely clutch. I actually went through uh, some of your uh, your social media and, uh, and I seen the no-fly zone pictures, and you talk about the guys you played the outfield with. So I uh, want to shout you out there. But uh, let's cut right to it, man. Talk to me. I want to get I want to get right to the postseason. You know, you we, you talked about transitioning playing from the dude before and after renovation. 
Talk to me about what it's like playing in that first regional at home with a packed house. Yeah, no doubt. And that was actually my first game back from injury was the regional. And, man, I was just so excited to be back. I remember taking batting practice. There's not many fans there yet. Um, my emotions were so high just being back and under, understanding I was a senior and how good we were doing. And it, it was postseason now. So um, I remember going in the locker room, chilling for a little bit, getting ready. Jersey comes on and you head out to the field and there's 13,000 people. And you can't even hear yourself talk or think. And I thought, like, man, I love this place. Um, I, I remember walking up to the plate my first at bat too and kind of got like a standing ovation because like I said I just got back from injury and I couldn't even process what was going on my legs were shaking I felt like I've never played baseball before um, everything was going so fast even when I was trying to relax and work on my breathing and all that it wasn't working um, I can remember to a tee I hit a ground ball to shortstop I got an RBI and kind of chilled out after that man but that crowd is just electric and they're always on your side and have your back. And man, they're, they're there to win too. They're part of the team as well. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's hard for me to fathom. Like I said, I didn't play baseball, but I've been in those crowds when y'all have had a completely packed house and I just know how electric it is in general. I couldn't imagine being the player on the field with that. Of course, you know, they're on your side. So that, that's the good thing, you know, they're not against you, but you know, y'all take care of business and regional and then you get to do it again in super regional. Um, you know, was there even more like, uh, would you say pressure or excitement or, you know, how, how did it feel going from one to the other? Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> um, the regional was tough. Um, we did well, though, obviously, and got out of that. And then we knew Stanford was a big club, man. They were big dogs and they, they had some bombers. And so we knew that they were coming into our place, though, and we weren't going to let our people down. And we knew how good we were. And like I said, it always goes back to like if you just worry about you and your teammates it doesn't matter who's on the other side and so when we had that wrapped around our head you know we had an unbelievable pitching staff they went out there and did what they do and you know we just we hit man we had a lot of hitters on the team um no one had crazy amount of home runs man we just knew how to play the game and so when they get when they came out you know they could swing it I remember Jake Mangum robbed a grand slam that Friday night I'm pretty sure and and we knew what we were in for, but they were in our house and we weren't going to let them come there and take it from us. Yeah, and y'all didn't. And, you know, you said, uh, you know, talking about home runs, I'm going to give you your, you know, accolades, even though you you seem to be humble every time I do it. But it, in that game, closing the uh, clinching uh, game, you hit a three-run bomb um, that would help punch that ticket to Omaha. My question for you, you know, for you and the guys, I talked about it, you had went over the hump the year before. Did it feel any different this time? Yeah, it did. It, it felt different only because it was at our home field and it was in front of our people. And I mean, that last, that the whole game, man, there's so many guys that did so many things well, but that ninth inning was special, obviously. And so I remember when me and Jake took the field for the last time, just the crowd felt different because, like I said, it was our home field and we knew that was our last time we touched that field. So it was definitely a, it was, it was emotional for sure, man, but it was a very one of the happiest I've ever been in my life, no doubt. You know, just hearing you talk more and more about Jake, this wasn't something I had in the thing, but, you know, I got to be there for the years, basically right after, like I said, I, I, I started going to the Mississippi State games, 
And it almost feels like y'all had that that Tanner Allen Rowdy Jordan combo, like yeah, because yeah. If it, and that that's cool, man. I really I really like that because I liked watching them too. So I could just picture how the two of you guys were. So you know, you get to Omaha again. Um, you beat Auburn out the gate, but then you lose to Vandy, uh, and so and then I think you lose your next game to Auburn. So every guy we've interviewed, not you know, I told you I'm, I'm really good friends with Greg James, and and we talk about it and. He says, you know, along with every other teammate that you had, said that y'all were the best team in the country, no doubt, that year. Um, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I would, no doubt. I think as a whole, man, like we were all – we came back together from the previous year, like you said. Um, but so many guys were so talented and just hungry. And, um, you know, baseball's a crazy sport. And so, you know. Yeah, and I wanted to – yeah, and, and I brought that up for a reason because, I mean, like I said, I haven't found a person, one, that didn't think you were the best team. And I wanted to ask you this because you're a guy who's on the field and who understands it. If you look at last year, there's nobody who could deny Tennessee was the best team. The year before, it was Arkansas. It, it seems to be, man, it's the hardest thing. You can be the best team, but you got to be hot at the right time. Everything's mm-hmm. got to click. Um, man, That I think that's just what makes baseball a unique game, yeah. right? No doubt. So, you know, last two questions and, you know, the hardest questions to ask for you on your on your whole thing. But, you know, favorite individual moment playing for state and then give me your favorite team moment. Okay, favorite would definitely be my last home run against Stanford. Um, Just that year, man, it it wasn't what I drew it up to be. It broke my shattered my foot halfway through, um, played on it, really broke it again against Ole Miss. My grandfather passed unexpectedly and that did not sit well with me and so I was just kind of battling all those things and so just I mean people see the home run and yeah it was really awesome don't get me wrong but it the emotion of me like with the bat flip and all that that was all of that coming out of what I just like what I went through personally and so um I knew that the fans too at Mississippi State kind of knew what was going on with me man so I know I, they all had my back when they were cheering for me and I just felt love and peace through that all. And it, that, that home run will always mean something to me. So Elijah, obviously, you know, you, you wrap up, you know, that college season and, and obviously, you know, as you in get closer to the end of the season, there's talks about pro baseball. There's talks about the draft, um, you know, prior to the draft happening, where did you sit as far as your, your, draft prospects or your potential of where you could go or what might happen right so my junior year I, I probably I could have gotten picked up for no money so I said I'm going to come back my senior year get my degree and then just sign as a senior for you know nothing and I, I mean I you know in the fall met with all the scouts um, just as many as there could be and and you know I just thought they'd sign me as a senior I wasn't asking for money or nothing and you know I was getting calls all the time and it just, they all referred to my foot and the surgery and the screw. And I kind of, I, I don't really know too many answers for you on that one. Cause I, you know, I kind of don't know why I didn't either, but that that's kind of was left. I was left blank. Like I didn't really get an answer from anybody. And so, um, man, I just, I, at that moment in time, I had to start praying and give it all to God. Cause I was getting you know too much in my head about it all. And, this is after all of the season and stuff. And I remember playing my first pro ball season after 19. And I just, you know, when I was done and I actually could sit there and think about life, I was just not in a good headspace. So um, I thought I would have gotten picked up for sure or drafted. And 
you know, just some things don't go as, as well as we want. And so, and I just put my head down and just kept doing what I do and said, go play ball and hopefully the best will happen. Yeah. It, we talk to guys all the time and it's like, they get into this funk, they get into their head and they kind of lose a sense of like what got them to the position that you know, put them there, which was, no you know, you just went back to working hard, doing what yeah. you do best, man. Obviously, you know, You've been playing for Evansville in the Frontier League. Um, you know, you're keeping the dream alive. You're working towards making a minor league roster. Talk to me about how hard is that grind, but also, like, where are you at in terms of reaching that goal of making a roster? Yeah, no doubt. Um, the grind's real. I mean, it's like any, you know, it's like affiliated ball, too, but you're just playing six games a week. Um you know, I'm 26 years old now, and so it's, you know, the older I get, the harder it's going to be, but obviously COVID didn't help, but COVID also didn't help a lot of people in this world, and so, um, man, I always try to change my mindset of, like, man, this sucks, like, why am I not getting looked at, but then I think, like, there's so many other things in this world going on that are worse, and so, um, you know, they're cutting minor league teams out, so that's obviously not helping, but all of that guys getting released in double A and triple A and all that, they're all coming to my league, and so, like, I'm, I'm doing well against them. Like, I'm like, yes, I want to face these guys because that's where I want to be. But there's no room on teams, it seems like. And so, and moving forward, I'm not saying, like, it's over and it's not. You know, I'm kind of fresh out of season, so I'm letting my emotions rest before I make my final decision. But, you know, the, the dream's still out there. I just know it's, it's really hard. And so, you know, just moving forward, I'm going to pray about it and hopefully the best works out. And you know, if I have another year in me, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it, it's not it's no different than most people when making the decision of when the right time is to to hang up the cleats, so to speak. You know, it's obviously a hard a hard thing to do, but you know, I just don't think people understand how much and how much passion you can actually have for this. Right, right. Um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. But can you know, can you put into words like how much love and how much passion you have for the game of baseball? Right. And that's, I'm about to go kind of deep right here because this will make sense. And it kind of makes me why I'm at peace and happy right now is, so I lost my grandfather in 19 and then I just lost my grandma last year. And then my dad's dad is my other grandfather during season. So I lost three grandparents in three years. Not one made it to 70 years old. And I remember sitting there like, what, like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening to, you know, me and my family? And then I just said, like, you know, they're in a much better place. And I will see them again one day. And so then I was just also sitting there thinking, like, you know, this sucks. Why am I not getting looked at? Why am I not getting picked up? But, you know, then I took that step back of, like, well, I've had one amazing career, even if I didn't get picked up. And losing those grandparents, what that ties into is like, I, I understand and there's more to life than just baseball. Um, and so I just kind of started living freely. Like the second half of season, I did so much better this year because I started to realize like my, my life doesn't consume just of baseball. There's a lot more to it. And so I started taking day by day, like it was my last because losing significant others, like opened my eyes to and live in the moment. Don't worry about the tomorrow when you, you know, there's worries today. And so 
you know, it's easy to look what's going to happen in a month, but you don't know if you'll wake up tomorrow. And so I just started to live by that, man, and just so much peace and calmness and felt free at last. And I would just go out there and play me. And I said, you know, if it's meant to be, I, it's, it's in God's hands and he will put me where I need to be. So, and I've been happier than ever and having peace with that for sure. Yeah, it sounds like you can you can seek comfort and, and really solace in the fact that you go out every day and you're going to have as much fun as possible. You're going to work as hard as you possibly can. And really, whatever happens after that is just a byproduct of you doing you. Man. Right. So whenever it whenever that that day comes where you go, you know, that's it. I, I think you're right, man. I think you can kind of be at peace with that decision because it's not an easy one and and you see it probably you know more than than most is the the clinging on hoping and wishing something might happen um and you just kind of it's just hard to give up so i i commend you on being able to, to find that position in you to go you know whatever happens man I've had an amazing career. Yeah. So um but with that man like I don't want to I don't I don't want to down the episode with with the, the talk of not being able to see you play man. I I want to I want to bring it up a little bit. So before we get you out of here we want to play a quick game. Let's do it. All right, it's called this or that. It's very very simple because I mean, you know the gamut of guests we've had on here. Not all of them are brainiacs, so we got to we got to make the games easy. Right. easy for the guys so i give you two options all you got to do is pick one option or the other can't say both can't say neither just be decisive and, and go with whatever the first one you know speaks to you so all right let's go all right first question is is a softball question to me i mean it's pretty simple in my eyes but maybe it's different for you would you rather have pizza or tacos oh pizza no doubt hmm. very very interesting are you a uh are you a toppings kind of guy? Are you just a plain cheese kind of guy? Please tell me you're not a pineapple guy. No, no. My go-to is actually cheese pizza. You said, plain, you said go the other way, but hey, my answer. I, I, I hear you, man. I, hey, pizza's pizza. I mean, at least he didn't have pineapple on that. Hey, that was very, the thing. Very true. Very. It, so I'm not against it, but you said <laughs> this answer. So that was the only softball question. Now we're getting into the juicy stuff. Would you rather wear those Sunday blacks or just traditional no blacks, you know, the, the, the pinstripes, whatever, you know, the white, the maroon, just leave the blacks for another day, another, another person? Um, I mean, blacks are cool, don't get me wrong, but my go-to is, is white. I love this the white that just had stayed across that so i'm, I'm definitely the other way man the i, I love the blacks i, yeah, love I mean it. i'd like he said pick one answer but the blacks. And, uh, no i was just bringing it up because if you see the bell behind me i got one of five made bells uh landon sims cameron james logan tanner and kate smith all have the other ones uh the bell smith made those for them. those are the only custom black uh championship bells and anyway i just i love the blacks man i hate that they got rid of them yeah i don't know why they did i don't I thought the whole reasoning of why we used them too was really cool. The nickel black Sundays, you only listen to nickelback and wear black. Um, your, your teammate was 
your teammate uh, Billingsley gave us one of the funniest perspectives. Daniel will tell you because they, you know, you know how they made fun of him for his like two hour warm up routine. Yeah, yeah. And they talk, they talk about how hot it was, and he'd be in them blacks, and this dude's out there for like five hours stretching, then he got yeah. a pitch. That is hilarious. JB, man, I can remember. I love that guy, but his warm up routine was something. All right, who's a big bigger rival, Ole Miss or LSU? If I get my answer, can I say why, obviously? Of course, because I'm, I'm going to ask you why. I, in my eyes, I say LSU. All right. Because I'm not from Mississippi. And so when we would go to Ole Miss, like, I felt like it was like a battle between the fans because, at, at the, you know, when you play guys every year, you become friends with them. And if all these guys on Mississippi State and are in Ole Miss are all from like all the guys from Mississippi they all know each other and grew up with each other now on the field to them it might be you know I want to beat y'all you know I grew up with y'all but every time we went to LSU I felt like it was a bloodbath and the fans hated us and like we would have to you know vice versa LSU came in and and I just felt like the LSU series were always wild so I always felt the tension with LSU over Ole Miss more. Daniel, is that not what I told you? I laugh at these fans. I, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Elijah. I go to the games, and I watch these fans. Like you said, I mean, they, they want to kill each other. And it's like, you do realize these cats out here are all friends, right? Like, it's yeah. exactly well, what you did. Literally. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it is one of those things, Elijah. I think you, you nailed it on the head. It's like, if you're from the state of Mississippi, like, that's – what you grow up on like that's the belief is like you know we're not gonna lose to state or we're gonna beat the hell out of Ole Miss whatever it is you know but um it, it is kind of silly I, I'm not gonna say it's the most overrated state rivalry Daniel you know why I'll say it's overrated pretty, because pretty close. because I feel in order you know one of my requirements in order for something to be a rivalry it has to be competitive and Mississippi State absolutely owns Ole Miss whereas Mississippi State and LSU trade haymakers year after year right no doubt on that one very good point very true who has more swagger Jake Mangum or Tanner Allen Tanner Allen I would agree with that I like both. Jake Mangum's kind of more of like a professional, doesn't need all the swag look, you know, nice and easy, goes out and balls out. T.A. goes and balls out, but, you know, he's got like the – not the full sleeve on the arm. He's got the half sleeve on, on his forearm, and he's got the uh, mitt hanging out of his pocket. He's got his pants above his knees. He's wearing glasses with eye black. And it's, it's, it's two years later, and I'm still rocking – TA's cut Daniel oh, yeah. underneath this it, hat. you know Tanner is is what I like to call when guys have that kind of swagger they're just an experience yeah you just gotta you just gotta be able to be around them and, and right no doubt feel he's it one, he's one of the best humans I've ever met in my life both of them but I love Tanner Allen to death would you rather attend a concert or a sporting event Oh, that's a good one. And this is any concert or any sporting event. It's like a, a, a bucket list. You 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 get to choose like your bucket list sporting event or your bucket list concert. I'm gonna only choose one. Which one you choose? I'm gonna just go off the, the heart and the brain right now. I'm gonna say concert. I say concert because one, I love music. 
like way too much. I'm always on the ox. I'm, I'd listen to music more than anything in the world. And I think I say that also because growing up and being an athlete, it's sometimes it's nice to get away from sports. And so, you know, going to concerts, like I said, me tying into loving music is just like, that's a fun getaway, you know, with friends or whatever. And then you enjoy the moment of the music being played. All right. So in the, in the terms of concert bucket list, what's the concert you got to see? I got to see. Um, I'd like to see George Strait. Right. Well, I, like to see George. Right. I, I love all genres, but that's the one I really want to go see. Right. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, Daniel, I can pass him about 10 of those. Dude, <laughs> Elijah, that is my parents' favorite artist, and I'm actually not a big country music guy. Uh, as a kid growing up, we went and saw George Strait every single year. That is awesome. <laughs> that is really cool, though. That is cool. I got a, I got a follow up. Said you're an ox ox guy. If you get in your car right now, what what comes on? What's what's the last song that you were vibing? I'm on this song called "Miss You" by Oliver Tree. It's an upbeat song, and uh, it gets my day going, gets the mood going, um, and it's definitely a vibe, no doubt. All right, all right. What would you rather? Where would you rather go? The beach or the lake? The beach. Love the beach. 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 Would you rather play wiffle ball or play dodgeball? Wiffle ball all day long. I grew up playing wiffle ball, so that's my go-to, no doubt. See, all, all these all these hitters want to play wiffle ball. All these pitchers, they want to throw the dodgeball. I just – I just know I didn't want to play dodgeball with uh, Ben Joyce. Burner, after, yeah, yeah, I was out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, one of, one of my favorite times, Elijah, I actually played uh, I played dodgeball. It was a church event at that with Cade Smith on my team, right? Oh, so yeah. we had we So we had a thing. I would catch it and then give it to him and let him sling it. And I think he was passing out concussions at a church event, man. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I like I'm watching kids hit the floor, and I'm like, we're gonna get in trouble. Yeah, he's got a cannon on him too. All right, would you rather be a hero or a villain? A hero, no doubt. Who's your favorite hero? There's a lot of good heroes out there. Um, the, uh, I, I, I do like. Uh, I'm a big fan of Spider-Man, to be honest with you. That's, that's the popular one. There's, there's nothing wrong with that answer. Yeah, no doubt. I like him a lot. Hey, he's no Jesus Christ, but he's all right. <laughs> he, he, he's all right. All right. Last question. And this is, this is probably going to be a, a hot debated question. Who is a better or what team was better? 2019 Mississippi State or 2021 Mississippi State? 2019. I love it. <laughs> Greg James said when you answered that, because he actually believes that as well. He told me to tell you, though, you did not bring home the hardware. He told me to remind him. Yeah, that happened. So, I mean, there's some guys on the, that, the team that won it that I wish we played with, man, but. Man, we were 19. We were some dogs, and we were hot, man. We just didn't finish the job. That 20, 2021 team, though, man, their pitching staff was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, they were they were flat good. You know, both teams, you know, and it just goes to show you, like, 
how difficult it is to even get to Omaha, but also to win it all. Right. Like, no it is, you know, it's probably, I mean, I, I think in, in sports, it's got to be one of the hardest thing, if not the hardest thing to do is oh. to run that, oh. that, to be that good and that consistent for that long. Yeah. Hey, 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 Daniel, I got a hot take live. Greg James, because I told him his answer. Greg James told me to remind him that they couldn't hit Landon Sims. Cool. I mean, that's that, a lot of people couldn't. Like, <laughs> well, that, but no matter what, he'd still be on my team if it was a 19. Very true. Uh, uh, no, what started this, Eliza, it's actually funny because uh, a lot of the Mississippi State guys played on either the 2015 uh you know state championship team for DeSoto Central so Keegan James team and then a lot of them played on the 2019 which was Cameron James and Kate Smith and so um forever we had a debate on who would win and so I decided to bring this out because I've always been told that that 2019 Mississippi State team was as good as it gets so I, I threw that on the slate for Daniel to ask you just to see where it would go yeah no that's awesome but that, like if you go off that too if you think about it like you got two of the best to do it is Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen, and they were on both of those teams. And so, I mean, those two are the best of the best, man. Yeah, y'all got y'all got nothing but talent coming through there, and I'm looking for them to bounce back this year after uh, down here. My son has actually abandoned me, Elijah. Um, he uh, We went to Omaha for the whole trip for the national title run. Um, Cameron James is his hero. You know, you talk about what you do for better than baseball. Um Cameron James is everything to him. Um, he's got a million things signed by him. He's a million pictures. And uh, we were there for the whole ride. And, um, and so with that, now he has jumped ship. LSU means nothing to him. Um, Mississippi oh. State, he, Mississippi State, he's all in. Daniel will tell you. It's wild. Oh. Just abandon his dad. Yeah, That's wild. You can't, you can't oh. ever your, your roots. You know, and it's amazing, though. Like, and you probably see this with, with the, the bigger than ball stuff is that, you you don't understand like like these big time things that happen that kids see and how it affects them like jim's son went and was like i feel like the the good luck charm during this run and now like he watched them at their highest so like he is like completely bought in that's awesome that is awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely an understandable reason for him to go to become a Mississippi State Bulldog, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Elijah, dude, what a what a great time, man. Anything, you know, you want to plug or promote before we get you out of here? Man, I'm just very thankful for y'all having me on. Jim, man, you're the man, dude. Thanks for reaching out. And, man, I, this was a blast. Y'all asked some great questions. We talked about some great things. And, moving forward if you ever want me on here again and i'd be uh very thankful for that so thanks for having uh, me on guys and hail state yeah absolutely that's elijah mcnamee if you want to see what elijah's up to go on over to instagram at elijah mcnamee or you can check them out with the evansville otters hey i forgot to tell you man the otters that's a solid solid mascot name Right, right. Yeah, Sometimes, I mean, uh, people are like, "Why well, pick that?" And I'm like, "Have you seen a, an otter in the water?" <laughs> exactly. They're, they're all they're always feisty. They're always upbeat. Got energy. Having a good time, man. Like, yep. like that, that. I get it. I can dig that. Also, more importantly than anything, check out at Bigger Than Ball. 
Elijah, do what a privilege it was to have you on. If there's anything we can do for you along the way, please reach out to us, man. I appreciate you guys so much. All right. That's Elijah McNamee. If you like Elijah's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We got the next episode, episode 24, coming at you where we're going to flip the script. We're going to be talking Ole Miss baseball with Garrett Wood. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.